We're clear for takeoff. everybody good night everybody good morning everybody it is time for kings of the heart that's right we are the kings my name is tariq omari walton and i am joined by mr dr john hart what is going on dr hart dr hart you there bro man it's good to see you family i'm happy <laughs> like, i'm where, ready to where, be like, where here did he go? And uh, let's get it, man. We here again for the people, we as are. always. We are. Good to see you. Good, Good to see you, man. Good to see you. You know, we have started this series on boundaries. You know, the last show we did, we were talking about what healthy boundaries look like. You know, kind of breaking it down for you. And we said we wanted to do a series because there's so much to so having much. healthy boundaries and what those different yep. things mean. And yep. so what we want to do today is actually get into what are different kinds of boundaries? What are the types of boundaries that exist out of there? So that you're more aware of what it is that you need to be looking at and protecting. What specific things? And so we're actually basing this conversation around a, a article I found from a, another LMFT. Her name is um, Elizabeth Earnshaw. She's out of Philadelphia. And she wrote a great article entitled, Six Types of Boundaries and What Healthy Boundaries Look Like for Each. And so what we're going to do today is have a conversation about those six type of boundaries. We're going to add our own flair, our own flavor like we always do, right, Dr. John? Uh, always, family, always. You know, so we want to just break that down for you. And as we get into this, I want you to think about specifically what these different boundaries are, right? So I'm going to hit you with the six boundaries are, and I want you to think about them as we break them down. So the first boundary is physical boundaries. The second one, these are the ones that she lists. The second one is emotional boundaries. The third one time boundaries that is so significant things that people don't really think about is that time boundary fourth one we are going to discuss sexual boundaries so important in this day and age of especially me too um number five intellectual boundaries and number six will be material boundaries so those are the six type of boundaries that um elizabeth actually stated and those are the ones that we want to talk about today as we continue this discussion around healthy boundaries. So let's start it off. Dr. John, got to ask you, when you think about boundaries in general, how does physical boundaries stand out to you? What is it about physical boundaries? What, what are physical boundaries first? But then how does that stand out to you as a, a specific kind of boundary that's important to have? Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think as uh, the lovely... Uh, you know, our lovely author and colleague had had suggested, you know, physical boundaries, I think, is at the core of it. Right. Mm-hmm. When I think of physical boundaries, I immediately go to like biological kind of needs. Right. One okay. primary example is like touch. Right. right? right of course. Space. Right. Those are things that are just so very instinctual. And so boundaries are, are, are everything. How do we navigate space around each other? Mm-hmm. How do we physically interact with each other? Right. And when we say physical. Right. I appreciate um, our colleague um, uh, delineating that with sexual boundaries, because I think yeah. it's easy to yeah. think physical is always sexual. Right. And so it's just it's just pretty clear that at the end of the day that we all have physical needs, guys. Um, 
you know, when I think of physical boundaries as well, um, I external and internal physical needs. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was just I appreciate you bringing that up. I I was thinking about things like food, water. Right. right? Just like the author had talked about, Um, because, for example, um, a physical boundary that speaks to the internal that dictates the external is a good example is like when folks are hangry. Well, it's a physical (laughs) boundary. Right. Right. Like hunger is an internal process that needs to be addressed. And some people don't do well when people are around them or close to them. Right. right. Or they don't want to kiss. Right. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Um, that. And I also just want to acknowledge, like I said, like I think physical boundaries are at the essence of it. Space. I need space. Yeah. What are we trying to say, yeah. brother? Yeah. But even rest, you know, you mentioned being Correct. angry, but even Correct. rest, you know, if you don't Correct. feel rested, if you're not getting the kind of um, good quality rest that you should get, that's going to interfere in the way that you're interacting with people. You know, so you want it. So you have to think about that as a physical boundary, too. You know, you need your rest. When people disturb your rest, it's it's funny when I think about rest, it also kind of blends into the time boundary, which we'll talk about more in a little while. Mm -hmm. But when you need your rest, people will violate that in a second because they're not thinking about how you're being impacted by the lack of rest. They have their needs that they want to be met, but they will easily interfere with your need for rest in order to fill their own needs. And that's why it's important to have that boundary. I'm sure you run across this with your couples all the time. I think about one couple that talked about this this week, the, or it might've been an individual, but he was just saying that, you know, he may not be able to come home and interact with his wife immediately because of the kind of the job he has. And when he, when he comes home, he needs time to relax. So she'll leave him alone, but she still has that need to talk about what happened that day. And she'll hit them just as they're going to bed. That's her time to talk. And he's like, yo, I got to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I can't sit up here and talk with you for two hours. And so he's trying to establish a boundary where he needs his rest. That's physical. He needs his rest, but she keeps violating it because, again, she's not having her needs met. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. So that's an that's a easy way of thinking about what a violation, a physical violation, uh, physical boundary violation looks like. When you need your rest and people won't let you rest because they have their own needs that haven't been met. Yeah, spot on. And that's a really practical example that we hear about all the time. All the time. And and I think um, I do think because of a lot of exposure to therapy and just a lot of uh, clinical interventions that it's easy to over skip physical boundaries. Mm -hmm. Right. Go straight to the emotional boundaries. Right. Um, But your your example helps our audience understand how the physical boundaries can really throw things off in a relationship. Right. And let's talk about touch a little bit. You know, you brought that Mm -hmm. up and making sure Mm -hmm. that we draw a distinction between sexual boundaries and physical boundaries. Touch Mm -hmm. is a a good example of that. You know, yeah. Yeah. um, There's a sexual touch, but there's also just, you know, being hugged, you know, a a physical connection with somebody that may have nothing to do with, with um, romance. And so when you think, when you think about, yeah, touch and and what that looks like as a boundary you know what is it that keeps people from respecting other people's boundaries about touch and, and I, when i think about that I'm, I'm saying that from the standpoint of just thinking about our president um joe biden and you know the the complaints that people made about him leading up to the election about you know how he's always violating people's um space and, and his his desire for physical touch despite what other people are feeling that's the first thing that comes to mind but you know, what is it that keeps people from respecting the the boundaries that people set up for for touch? Yeah, no, I, I think it comes down to uh, a lot like touch is critical, but touch 
touch is still subjective. Mm -hmm. And so when there's criticism, whether it's, you know, President Biden or anyone, it's subjective because it elicits all kinds of feelings. Mm -hmm. And if some if your touch is eliciting a negative reaction, right, or it's not received well, it doesn't mean that the touch itself is wrong. It means that there is not clear communication around where you guys are for you to right. do that right. and for you to receive that. Right. The relationship, right? I mean, the relationship, relational issue that hasn't been correct. cleared up. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. It's almost like a good example. It's almost like you get in an argument with your with your partner. Um, and this usually happens. One person is like trying to quickly like reconcile and they're like, well, you know, let me give you a hug. Let me give you a kiss. And the person like shrugs back or they mm -hmm. or they, you know, it, it's it's like I always tell my clients, like the hug and the kiss in and of itself is not wrong. Mm -hmm. You're trying to reconcile. I respect that. But to what extent is that touch warranted and appropriate right now? Right. Right. It's not in the space to be really to be well received. Right. right. Um, because at the end of the day, like touch is so critical. Reconciling, in my opinion, I always stress to my clients that you should form some form. You should engage in some form of touching mm -hmm. as a part of your reconciliation plan, if that makes sense. Right. Right. So there are emotional implications. There are reconciling um, implications that touch carries. I mean, what do, what do you think, Brother Rick? You know, definitely on a relationship, relational side, you hear about that a lot because, again, you think about love languages and physical touch for some people is one of their main love languages. And so the way yeah. that they communicate um, and are communicated to through physical touch is, you know, this is care. I'm showing you care by touching. And so because that's the way that I receive care the most, I'm probably going to be very physical with you. The problem is physical touch isn't always on the top of the list for people in terms of their love language. And so if you're with a mate where physical touch is much lower on the scale, you're going to always find that conflict because one person is always looking to connect through that physical touch and the Correct. other person feels like, okay, that's a violation of my space. I'm not comfortable with physical touch. And there can be so many different reasons why that is. Correct. But it's understanding that this is your partner's boundary. So what mm -hmm. do you do when physical touch is so important to you and your mate is in the opposite direction? You know, how do you still meet your needs for physical touch but not violate their need for more space? How do you even mm -hmm. begin to have that kind of conversation? And the fact of the matter is you do have to talk about that. There has yeah. to be a uh, resolution to that because Correct. what you'll find is, you know, more marital, marital discord when or relational discord when one person is not getting their needs met or the other Correct. person it feels like, you know, their boundary is constantly being violated. That's it. That's it. Well said. You know, we see that all the time in therapy, oh, don't we? Oh, God, yeah. All the too, time. Too often. I'm like, yo, how did y'all even get together? You know, if you if you, you recognize, gotta, yeah. you know, if you recognize that you need physical touch and you're with somebody who's not into it, how did you guys even move forward? That's my question. You know, but I, I, but, I but save that, that for another. Yeah, we got to save that for another compatibility. Compati we'll have a compatibility. We, have, oh, we, we definitely uh, have, to have a compatibility uh, conversation. Show. Though we, we got to have that. We have. We got to have, have that because that's a completely different thing. But no, right. you're right, though. You're right. You're mm -hmm. right. Hundred percent, man. 
um, touch is critical. Um, and, and at the essence of what Brother Rick is sharing, sharing is that we, we, we have to touch. Mm-hmm. Part of boundaries, it's, it's forever changing, even, even in a relationship, right. from hour to hour, right. from morning to evening. Mm-hmm. We just got to keep communicating. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, um, we all communicate through nonverbals, which is the most important things. Right. But to Brother Rick's point, if some of us are more leaning towards like that touch, the physical touch as a love language, right. then it's, it's more productive to have conversations and check-ins and and all that stuff to be right. much aware about your partner's boundaries. But even we, you know what? I can see it now. We're not gonna be able to get through all six of these boundaries today I know. because it's way too much to each category. Um, but I don't want to shortchange our listeners, so let's stay on um, physical boundaries a little bit longer. It's not just about the boundary of not being touched or wanting to be touched or needing to touch somebody. It's also the kind of touch. Yes, you know that's yes. important as well. Yes, because yes. you know even relationally. There may be ways that your partner touches you that you don't you're not comfortable with because of your own privacy concerns. You Great know. point. You Great know? point. So, I, I, yeah, I, I have a I have a one of my couples a couple of weeks ago. The wife had disclosed to her husband in session that um, um, she had said something along the lines of like the way she was pretty much like the way you smack my ass like whenever you pass by. Right. She was like, I don't like it. And you, <laughs> I heard the same thing this week. And you could you see the husband. The husband was like really thrown off because in his mind, he's like, oh, that's playful. That's flirting. And, da, 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 da. and I had to kind of slow him down and say, I don't don't hyper focus on the actual act i think what she's talking about is there's more it's more nuanced so it was probably harder or you did it in a situation that she felt very inappropriate right or, you know what i mean right so once i kind of slowed him down to hear her much more he did realize like oh, okay i understand it now right. but it's funny you heard that too because i just heard that a week or two ago where the where where one of, one of my couples like the wife was like i don't like it the way you the, but right. she said you're the way too you rough <laughs> you're rough you're too rough you're heavy-handed you know recognize and i, had, I had look at him like dude i'm looking at you you do look like kind of heavy-handed all right yeah, so that yeah, might hurt a little different you know it might hit yeah, a little different so yeah, you have to be conscious you guys of that. got some of you guys got like you know hands like Tommy the Hitman Hearns. Right, I'm about to say like, some of y'all boxes, yo. <laughs> yo, think about calm that for a second. Down. I don't care how big her booty is; she might not be able to take all that. Be careful. You gotta chill out, you know. You know? <laughs> but that's you also know? about being aware, you know. And Correct. that I think that's another part of recognizing and respecting people's boundaries, whether it's physical boundaries or any other kind of boundaries, is being aware of the other person, the impact on the other person, being, you know, emotionally aware. That gets back into the whole emotional intelligence thing. You know, being aware of how other people are being um, impacted by what you're doing. Correct. You know? It's spot on. And so it's, if it's you, spot on. So if you, you know, if, if for you, physical touch is such an important thing, um, then okay, you communicate that. You communicate that. But you also have to respect that. For them, the way that they're being, that you're touching them, the way that they're being touched may not always feel appropriate. It may not feel, especially in the space and time, you know, nope. um, they may not like that that kind of touch. And so you communicate that. Are there other ways for me to touch you? 100%. That's, you know? the, literally, that's literally the next question. Yeah. Okay. To ask. Don't right. get upset. Don't get mad. Just literally say, wow, thank you for sharing. I didn't know that, babe. Right. Um Okay, when I'm in those situations like that where I want to touch you in that way, right. what's a better way? Teach me, right. educate me, show me. Right. Yeah, that's a healthy way to go. About it. Like me, I, and it's, that's what I actually heard from the couple when she broke it down. She's like, you know, no, I don't like it when you when you smack your hand, your hands are too heavy. It's okay when you rub it. It's okay when you squeeze it, but there the smack go. was too hard. 
And so, you know, you can still have the same kind of connection. It's just done differently. And it's about respect. Yeah. Again, it, it, we'll say this over and over again. It's about respecting that boundary. Just Correct. because you feel like you should be able to do it doesn't mean that you can or that, you, you. And that you actually should be doing. Thank you. You know, so respect that boundary. True. Especially it's touch. True. Because, and <laughs> again, I just feel like we're getting really deep into this. Recognize that some of the response that people give you when they're touched and don't like it, some of that's a trauma response as well. 100%. Well, yeah, we got to talk about that. Man, I mean, it, it, it's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. It really is true. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, I, I, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time when we're just kind of like talking about life and stuff. And, you know, the clinical side of me always comes out where I'm like, man, like, you don't know how many times I've seen inside and outside of therapy when you when you hear people talk about touch, right. not even sex. Let's be clear here. Just touch. touch. You can you can implicitly hear some sense of trauma yep. tied to that, right? And and so we again we got to have these conversations. That's where we need those safe spaces to understand. Well, how do you like to be touched? Or you know, and that's why therapy is so helpful. And you go there with your partner, and and you both figure it out because right. the partner who's been traumatized needs a safe space to talk about it openly yep. but then the other partner needs some guidance and some support right on okay here's how you handle it better right yeah. don't shut down or don't be like okay you know what like forget it i'm don't, not gonna touch right, you don't again dismiss Stop. them right 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 or or you need to just get over it you know this whole notion of getting over it it doesn't work like that guys oh that getting over thing it is not, not healthy it's <laughs> so not healthy it, it's it's it doesn't help but when we talk about like physical boundaries People's physical boundaries could be rigid because of traumatic events mm -hmm. that they have experienced and mm -hmm. that are not fully resolved. Right. And when you're when you're in that situation, if it's you or if it's your partner, if you guys are starting to realize listening to this podcast that it's happening, don't freak out. But definitely either start talking about it and or start trying to elicit the services of a therapist to really yeah. guide because yeah. it's so nuanced, guys. Yeah. Trauma and the body. It's real, guys. Yeah. And so the physical boundaries that you meet in your relationship, it's not just, well, they're not feeling me. There may be other things going on potentially. Right. right. I mean, it's, you can see your mate get triggered by it. Yeah. You know, you see yeah. that happen. And so, yeah, you want the mate to address the trigger. You don't want them to continually um, live with the trauma. You know, right. so that's why you want to seek out therapists. But you also have to be aware of that and be sensitive to that, sensitive to that as you are engaging with your partner. You know, the yeah. way that you're touching them may not feel good to them. Even though it may it may have felt good to all your previous mates, but because yeah. of the trauma that your mate may have experienced, it may not feel good to them. And so again, yeah. this is where communication is important, just like Dr. John said, and have that conversation. Find yeah. other ways to connect that still meet both of your needs, but where people don't neither one of you feel violated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. True. So let me ask you this last thing about physical boundaries. What are healthy ways to actually communicate with your mate? Family members, strangers, co-workers, what are some good ways of communicating your physical boundaries? Um, I, I think uh, fundamentally, I think it's important to ideally bring it up when it happens. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ideally, you mm -hmm. want to bring it up when it happens. So when someone violates your space, I think there's a way to go about telling them in the moment, hey, I'm uncomfortable, right? Use I statements, right? Uh, it's 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 so that way you're able to express your feelings. Hey, right. I was fearful. Hey, I was fearful the way you approached me in the elevator that made me uncomfortable, mm -hmm. right? It, it, it's 
I statements, I, it's always helpful to orient yourself around your emotions because that's what brings out the humanity in all of us, right? Um, I think if if you if the situation needs to be calmed down on your end or just the situation doesn't allow itself, mm. you know, get yourself back to baseline to be able to communicate effectively about how that incident like harmed you, mm. right? So, um, and, and and I mean, it, I mean, it's so nuanced, but like it's important. Uh, I think one of my biggest things that I, I think your your scenario with your couple, my scenario with my couple also shows is again, I'm just stressing um, really do orient yourself around your emotions because boundaries are tied to our comfort level. Mm -hmm. They exist because it's biological, the emotional boundaries, yeah. the physical boundaries. It's, right. So you have to let people know, Mike, this is how I felt around this particular scenario. Right. I mean, what do, what do you think, Brother Reed? Um, and there's, there's so many different ones I'm thinking about, even with the rest one, being able to communicate directly with your mate what your boundary is and then maintaining that boundary and being very clear no being very clear um you want to be sensitive to again your mate's needs but when you're establishing that boundary you want to be very clear about that boundary and so saying to your mate look it i cannot um have long conversation with you as i'm going to bed i need i need to sleep i need to get some rest i have six hours of rest that i can get you know, that I, I, I need all of it right now. And so being able to be very clear about that, even off, off, offering an alternative, saying, okay, you know, I, I, I can't talk to you right now as we're going to sleep. So what I'll have to do is find other time for us to talk. We, I can't talk to you at 9, 10 o'clock at night. I can find a time when we get home, give me a chance to just kind of recoup, and then I'll make more time for you to talk. You know, you don't just say we can't do it at all. Figure out a different time. So come back and negotiate. But being very clear, this is my boundary. At 9 o'clock, I go to bed, and I need to sleep. So that's one, when it comes to rest. When it comes to touch, and she mentioned this in the article, and I, I've known people like this, everyone isn't a hugger. Everyone doesn't, again, people don't, a lot of people don't like to be touched. And so, you know, me, I'm a hugger. And so yeah. when I see my natural inclination, if I know you, is to give you a hug. But if you recognize that for some people they are not huggers, you have to be sensitive to that. Yeah, it may be, again, it may be your natural inclination to do that thing, but recognize when you're doing it and when you're hugging somebody, you're actually violating their own personal boundary. You're violating their space. And so, again, being sensitive, sensitive to that and telling people, look it, I'm just not a hugger. Um, I remember dating a woman years ago, and you know, even though we're having a sexual relationship, she was very upfront at the beginning and saying, look, I'm not a kisser. I don't like to kiss. You know, and so you know, the first thing that runs through your mind is like, oh, how do you have sex without kissing? There are people who just don't like to kiss because for them, either it's their they just don't like kissing, or for them it's right. too um, emotional. Yeah, you know, and so right, too intimate, yeah, too way too intimate. Yeah. So being just being able to communicate very directly what your boundaries are. I don't like to kiss. I don't like to hug. I don't like it when you touch me that way. You just be very clear about it. Yeah. Be very direct. Be very direct. Yeah. And, and people have to, you know, and, and, and the other part to it is like when you receive those messages, it's going to hurt, but don't lead with any kind of reactive, um, you know, um, reactions. I mean, right. like I'll just say that it, right. it, it doesn't help. I right. just need our listeners to understand. Uh, take it, take it as 
an educational experience yeah. of you and your, especially in the context of relationship, yeah. just take it as an educational experience. Don't take it so defensive because I think sometimes we get so hurt and defensive because our intentions were, we meant well. And so it blocks us from truly hearing the message because it's like, okay, fine. Then I won't do it. Again. I hear that often. Yeah, yeah, I right. won't do it again. Right. They can, like, people don't, catastrophizing. Like, yeah, oh, it's like, it's don't always, do if it's always, I just won't do it at all. Like, no, they won't say no. that. No one's saying they that. They weren't at all. saying that. Right. right. They weren't saying that. Mm -hmm. Right. But, you know, so also receiving the messages around boundaries, I think, is just as critical, especially around physical boundaries. Without a doubt. I mean, you're definitely right, man. Yeah. You know. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, man, <laughs> that took up a lot of time. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into, you know what? We'll come back to emotional boundaries because I have a feeling that emotional boundaries is going to be a long conversation in itself, too. So let's go ahead and jump to time boundaries. Let's talk about time boundaries with the time that we have left. Let's talk about time boundaries. So, Dr. John, when it comes to time boundaries, what is it that, that sticks out to you the most? What, how, what do you think about when you hear that term time boundary? Um, uh, j just like the author said, and I 100% agree, it allows, I, I like time. I tell my clients all the time that whenever they are interacting with each other or whenever they're just interacting with the world, it's, it's time is helpful to making things more concrete. And when things are more concrete, people can prioritize like our author was, was, and colleague was talking about. Right. I so agree with that because it's important for people to have a heads up or have some orientation around time. We're human beings. Right. So, and because we're human beings, we're constantly going and moving. So if you can't make things more concrete around, Hey, I can't have this conversation with you right now. What does having this conversation in an hour can you do that mm -hmm. those are that's very helpful it right. allowed that's actually more clear communication instead of oh we'll just talk about it but what time when right, right. like it doesn't feel good so i think that how time much time are we going to talk about it right that's another <laughs> that's, good one that's too. the first thing like, i think about like how much are we going to spend two hours talking about this no. one thing or can we can we make it much more concise you know, can no, we, can we get a, it done in 15 minutes? Because I'm not going to want to sit here and talk to you for two hours. So I'm going to keep avoiding you. So if you can agree to setting a time limit for us to have this great conversation, point. I'll be much more open to having it with you. No, that's a great point. I mean, well said. I mean, that that definitely slid into like what I was what I was about to say. It's funny you bring that up. Um, one of my couples, like I had to tell I had to tell the husband. I was like, look, man, because he when he gets anxious, he just keeps going and yeah. going. And so what yeah. I and so what I told him was I said Organize your he, thoughts. It was, it was, yeah, I told him. I said, I said it was around finances, right? Okay. One of the top three things that can like, you know, mess up a relationship. And so what I told him is I, I had to even go professional with him. I said, Okay, when you enter this conversation for now, mm -hmm. until you can practice it better, I need you to create an agenda. You need to have items. Set up a time. It's yeah. going to be an hour. For the first five minutes, we're going to check in. Yeah. For the first 20 minutes, I want to talk about credit cards. For the, I literally told him that. I had no shame. No, because, hey, you because have to have the an wife, agenda. The, you have to have yeah, an agenda, right. Because the wife was worried that he's going to keep going mm -hmm. on and on, and she starts to check out. So did it, did it sound strange? Yes. And I wasn't trying to be the savvy therapist. To me, it just made sense that for now, while we're working on it, create an agenda. Let let your partner know, I, I'm only asking for an hour. Like right. Brother Rico said, I'm only asking for an hour. But in, in good faith, here's an agenda to show you what I'm hoping to achieve in this hour. Right. That allows people to like really feel better about having that conversation. To Isn't prepare, so? to prepare mentally Thank for you. the conversation. Now Thank I know you. what to expect. You know, if you are going to continue with your regular pattern of conversation, 
where it's just going to drone on and on. I don't know if I can handle that. But if you give me the agenda and, you know, you set times to everything that you're doing, well, now I can mentally prepare. If I know it's going to be a half hour conversation broken into these different parts, then I can mentally prepare for that. You know, so now my time doesn't feel violated by you. My boundary of needing peace, it doesn't feel violated by you. And, and it's funny, you know, when we talk about time boundaries that for both of us, we, you know, our minds go right into conversations. Because what I think about with time boundaries is, again, people who drone on and on and not recognizing, one, that you're not communicating your thoughts and ideas clearly because you're all over the place. And two, how draining that can be to your yes. partner. Yes. You know, so yes. so you're sitting here and you're talking about, let's just say your day and you're talking about all the different things that happen throughout your day. But you're bouncing from one situation to the other. And now it's been two hours because you hear couples complain about this all the time. They come home and they're just talking. And I hear this from men and women, both. They come home and they're they're processing their day. But now we spent half our night processing their day. So we spent the past four hours for you to process the previous eight hours. You know, that feels like a time violation. No, we could have done so much more in those four hours. You could have come in and talked about this for 15 minutes, and then we could have had the other three hours and 45 minutes to do other things. You know, yeah. we want to have full lives, right? So yeah. by you continuing on with these kind of conversations where you're just going on and on, first of all, you're draining me, and I'm not paying attention for that long. But secondly, you're stepping on anything else we have time to do. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, it's true. It's definitely true. And I always tell people like, look, st streams of consciousness is not OK in this in the midst of a conversation. <laughs> That's not OK. It's not. I mean, right. it's like right, it, because no you, right. I'm not lying. I mean, like you would agree, because when you're receiving that, it's kind of like, well, where are we going right. and what's the point of right. this? That's why that's why I always joke with my clients and I say streams of consciousness in the midst of conversations are not OK. They're yeah. not OK. Right. Go go write that down in a memoir or whatever, like figure it out. But right. don't do that. It's, right. it's very unproductive. Mm -hmm. And and especially and, if it's, and a it's not a good use of time, especially Correct. if it's a monologue. It's one thing where you're able to have those kind of conversations where you have stream of consciousness, but you're feeding off each other. And you're having a dialogue. You know, you're yeah. building. You know, it's another thing where you're just thinking and talking without any kind of input from the other person. So it's now they're just sitting there inappropriate, Correct. completely inappropriate. They're it's just sitting there yeah. taking in all this information with nothing to, not having any room to share. You know, no. I could have been doing something else. I don't want to get too far away from the time boundary thing. I could have been doing something else or we could have been doing something else, but you wanted to communicate in this way, which completely violates any kind of time boundary I may have. So that's just one part of it. You know, when we think about the kind of conversations we have and how we need to organize our conversations in a way that takes into consideration other people's time and what they may want to do. That's one part of it. But what are some other time boundary violations that are common, whether in relationships or just in terms of, you know, you're you're meeting meeting anybody, your family, friends, coworkers. What are, what are some other kind of time boundaries that are pretty significant? Yeah, I think even professionally, I mean, we do this personally, but I think definitely professionally, it's a common thing in a, in a capitalistic world where we're overcommitting and we're burning out. Yes. You know, yes. Um, it's it's not a good look. Capitalism can kill you. I mean, you know, uh, it's true. I <laughs> yeah, mean, like, right. because all we're doing is we're going, we're going. Hey, Reek, can you do this? Yeah, I can do it. Hey, Reek, can you also do this? Yeah, I can do that. And it's like, yeah. by the time you look, your schedule is shot. You yeah. don't have time to eat, sleep 
take a shit. I mean, you know, I mean, it's yeah. crazy yeah. out here. Yeah. It's that real. Yeah. So that's a time boundary that we all, even myself, we all have to do better about. Indeed. We we, we want to be a team player at work. We want to be there for our clients as much as we can. We want to overextend ourselves for our loved ones, kids, partners, whatever. But my God, when we are overcommitting, yes. we are only hurting our own wellness, folks. Right, right, right. Which means you have to set priorities. Correct. You know, you have to set priorities, let those priorities be known and sticking with them. And so letting people know, look, it, this is what I have time for. I don't have time for all these other things. So I can't say yes to you. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to dismiss you. But recognize there's only but so much time in the day. I have these priorities that need to be taken care of. Now, once I remove those priorities from my plate, I may be able to give you more. But short of that, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And so your expectations of my time cannot exist in our relationship. You cannot expect to take my time when my time is actually being allotted for a number of different things. So yeah. that's what you have to, you have to be very strong about that. You have to communicate that. Your time is, is your own. It's important, it's significant, and it deserves respect. 100%. And if 100%. you allow it, people will do, they'll step all over your time because again, yes. they want their needs met. So I want you I want you to be very clear about this. Recognize that oftentimes when people are violating your boundaries is because they're looking to have their own needs met and they're doing that in uh, with with a lack of respect for your boundaries. You know, Correct. your needs. But Correct. so so recognize that's what's happening, but you don't have to allow that. And so time is one of those areas where it's very significant that you need to communicate I need my time. Yeah. And uh, OK, I'll give you an example. It's funny we're even talking about this. I even give you a live example that actually happened like what, like three hours ago. <laughs> so, um, you know, my wife called me. She was at work and, then you know, the summer's here. And so it, 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 it's a good time where people are social events are happening. I know, mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to figure out COVID and. You know, my wife and I, like, there's a lot going on over the next, like, two to three months. Okay. Like, we have some time allocated here, allocated for this event. And so she calls and she was really upset. And she's like, yeah, you know, family members are talking about a potential wedding. And can we come? But the wedding's going to be, like, in a few weeks. And okay. she was really upset. And I was like, babe, there's nothing we can do. Like, if that, we've already committed ourselves during that week here. And so I was like, don't get upset. I said, the reality of the situation is this is where we cannot overcommit. Right. We've already committed ourselves here. That was me setting a boundary. I was like, babe, just calm down. Like, all you got to do is just like, you know, let, you know, my in-laws know, like, sadly, if we would have had a much earlier notification, you know, you, you got to give people feedback. But mm -hmm. we were not going to, to your point about prioritizing it's not appropriate to like bail on a commitment that we already have set right. for that particular date right. because people and the article talks about people are like, to your point, well, it's our needs. And no, you can't do that. Right. You can't do that. Like right. out of respect for us and out of respect for the, how we get down, we find it very helpful to say like, Hey, brother Reek, in, in, in December, we're hoping to do X, Y, and Z. Can mm -hmm. you guys come see months in advance so we right. can try to corner because why I respect you enough. Mm -hmm. I respect you and your wife enough to kind of like check in and kind of say, but when you hit, I want to be clear here. And that's why I'm using myself as an example because my wife was upset. It's inappropriate <laughs> to hit people up. No, seriously mm -hmm. last minute. And then have the expectation that they drop everything that they're doing. That's a time right. boundary. Right. It's right. inappropriate. Right. But you know what another time boundary is? When someone has already scheduled something that you agreed to do, and then you're late. Yes. 
Yes. Being late for commitments is a time boundary violation. It's offensive. Yes. I set, this, I set this schedule for a particular reason. This is the time that I have, <laughs> and now you want to be 20 minutes late when we only have a half hour? No, I Yo. can't. Man, look at can we talk about clients doing that? Can we talk about those clients? <laughs> yo, can, we, can, yo. We talk, can we talk about those clients who, who want hey. to show up, you know, twenty five minutes late and be like, yo, can hey. we can we push another hour? No, I have another client no. to get to. This is the time keep, I have allotted for you. You violated exactly. that that time. Well, you, you know? know what? Uh, I I had a client I had a client try me last week and and I and I've been this way all my life and that is I, I still ran that card. So if you want to come in you signed right. up for an hour? No no for right. you signed up for an hour. If you decide to show up 20 30 minutes late and you get 20 you get 30 to 40 minutes worth of therapy, I'm still running the card, bro. Like <laughs> it, it, it's you see you're going to learn that we live in a world of consequences. Because no see, doubt. that is about time bound. You're right. right. Clients do it to us as well. And most of the time, they're not doing it on purpose. But no. even we have to be firm as professionals in saying our time is very valuable. Yeah. There's a reason why you go to a doctor's office. And people get charged for no shows because, you know, yeah. you done wasted the doctor's time. time. Exactly. That's, That's time why that you get charged. Somebody else. Exactly. So the, so the people out here. Our listeners, I'm sorry uh, that you got to hear this message, but you do need to hear. And that is do not get upset when you play around with people's time boundaries. <laughs> right. You will get charged. Yep. And you have no reason to complain other than to switch it up. Do better. Right. Right. But and I, is, even, I even yeah, I even appreciate you bringing that up because even as therapists, this happens all the time. You know, th this is not shots at our, our clients. This is nothing personal. It, no, it, it's this not. This is business. It's not. <laughs> this it's is business. strictly business. Well, um, at the end of the day, they don't want that happening to them. You right. see, it's exactly. reciprocity. Exactly. Let's be real. You know? Let's be real. If I, if I wanted to show up, how would you feel about that? You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if, as your therapist, if, if we have an appointment right. set and I don't show up and I don't call you, how are you going to feel? You're going to feel You'll disrespect, be offended. right? I've, I've, heard, I've heard about clients who have actually stopped seeing their therapist because the Thank therapist you. violated yes. their time. Yes, that. <laughs> you know, so that that is it so goes both ways. It does one hundred percent. You know, there's another one when we talk about our couples. I hear about a lot. I always stress the importance of checking in throughout the day with your mate. Right? Not of saying course. you have to do it every ten minutes, but you know, once or twice, just check in, see how they're doing, let them know how you're doing, and keep it moving. But there are certain people who go overboard and yeah, who are constantly, you yeah. know, looking for responses from the mate while they're working, the and their mate. And, and their mate lets them know that. They're like, look it, I can't respond to you. And, right. and oftentimes when I see that, it's around trust issues. You know, yeah. the trust has been yep. violated in some way. And so now the one mate is very paranoid and not trusting of their mate. So they want to make sure their mate is where they say they are. And so they're constantly checking in. And the mate is like, yo, I have to work. I can't yeah. talk to you all day long. I can't sit on the phone and talk with you all day long. I have to work. But the mate doesn't, the mate who lacks the trust keeps violating because, again, is for them to kind of soothe their own, Correct. you know, soul with that. Like, I don't, I don't really trust you, so I need to know where you are at all times. But that's a time violation because the Correct. person is actually doing something. They need that time for something else, and they can't commit that to you. And you have to be Correct. okay with that, you know. And you have to be able to state that as the person whose time is being violated. Be look, like, look, be able to say, and the author says this um, too. I don't have time to chat today. I just I don't have time. It'd be like that. Right. That's It'd my boundary. Like that. And if you yeah. keep calling me, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me for being frustrated with you. I told you what my schedule is. I cannot talk to you right now. Right. You know, so that's a clear right. violation. 
it's a great it's a great example man we see we hear that often we definitely hear that often and and part of it contextually too is that so some of us like our our careers and our respective jobs do not allow us to at times to be checking in that much let's be real right let's be real like it's like that man i mean sometimes when you're just going back to back i mean you've been there brother back to back to back to back four hours could pass before you reach out to your significant other right Right. i mean it can happen right right Right, but you know, see, but my wife understands that she gets right. You know, she <laughs> she she one hundred because she's like, go make that money, <laughs> go yeah. ahead, go ahead and do what you got to do. You know, we can we can we can talk later on. I know you'll be coming home, so because, when you get home, because, we'll talk. Yeah. Exactly, because like if she you doesn't want take quality it time, right? Because if you want quality time, you gonna get it when you're homeless on the streets. So <laughs> bills gotta get be, bills gotta be paid. No, for real. I mean, I say that facetiously, but I'm also honest. Like what do you what are you expecting here? People to stop their actual jobs right. only to get messed up, fired, and then then what? How are your bills getting paid? Right. You don't have a lot of quality time. Way too much quality time. To more than you need. Way more than you <laughs> need. You know exactly. Man. Yeah, yeah. But look, you guys. You know we actually have to keep um get on out of here because uh yeah our time is up for today. And you know it's funny. I put on the wrong song to get out of here too. <laughs> Man, it's, See, this it's we have a break. We have, we took yeah. a little break. My mind is gone. I forgot what the whole scenario was. But anyway, <laughs> you know, hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. We're gonna have to continue on talking about the different types of boundaries because there's so much to each one of them that's so important to cover. We don't want shortchange. You want to make sure that you're getting the best from the kings. All right. So we'll continue with the conversation again next time. Dr. John, any closing words? Any closing thoughts? Uh, yes, stay tuned. Uh, continue to support us, um, but also take care of yourself, your wellness, and your family, friends, and loved ones, man. You guys be safe. You guys stay loved. No doubt. And um, I would say, remember, all these boundaries are important to maintain. Correct. And make Correct. sure that, you know, when you establish boundaries, you have to work to maintain them. The more you allow people in, the less they're going to respect your boundaries. So remember to always keep pushing those boundaries reflect on them make sure that they are appropriate boundaries but then make sure you stick with them once you figure that out all right correct Correct. all right guys this has been the kings of the heart we will check you out next time hope you have a fantastic week and dr john good to see you man good to see you brother i salute you no doubt no doubt and um we will get at you later have a good week guys peace